Yeah, what's up, everybody? How we doing? Good. Good, good, good. Hey, we got a lot of exciting things happening over the next couple of weeks and months as we lead up to Christmas, and so uh, stay with us. One quick announcement for you guys, other than what we've already announced this evening, is that if any of you guys are musically gifted, I am not one of those people. I think you guys heard me sing a couple of weeks ago, and you all realize that I don't have a musical talent, but some of you guys may. And so I know many of you guys have already talked to the members in the back about singing, but if you guys have a, like an instrument that you play, or the drums, or the piano, or the, the guitar, and you would like to be a part of this band that you just heard lead us in worship, talk to the people in the back, and they would love to get you set up for an audition and get you on stage and, and be a part of what that team looks like. Sound good? All right, cool. Well, hey, uh, tonight is a really great night to be, be here because we're kicking off a new series. But even before we get there, I just want to welcome our new friends. We've had a lot of new people come in and to be a part of our Sunday night ministry here at the Harbor over the last couple of weeks. And so if tonight is your first night, welcome. I know there are a couple of you guys. And if you're just new over the last couple of weeks, welcome. My name is Chris, and I would love to get to know you and get to meet you. And so... I'll look for you after our small groups, but if I don't find you, come find me, because I just want to know your name, I want to get to know where you're from, all the above, so that you make, you make, I make sure that you, make, you have a place here, that's important to us. And so, outside of just that, that welcoming, I've got some exciting news to share with you guys. Some of you guys may know this, some of you guys have seen this on social media, some of you guys have already like, have met this person in my life here at church before, but I actually got engaged last month. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. So, yes, this is Hannah. She is out of town for the next couple of weeks, but she'll be back with us in a couple of weeks, and I'll introduce her to you guys when she's here. But just wanted to give you guys that life update because that's really exciting, and she knows how much I love you guys. She knows how much y'all mean to me, and so she's excited to be a part of that um, when she comes back. So, we can move on to the next screen so that we don't look at me kissing somebody all night long. All right. Uh, but like I said, we're kicking off a new series. And so the next couple of weeks, we are going to be in this series called Explained. And what this really is, is we're going to be tackling a number of questions that we as people are, have a hard time answering. Like there are questions in life that we have a hard time just knowing the answer to. And so I just want to, by a show of hands, if you have a question, it can be about anything under the sun. If you have a question that you want an answer to, that you just can't seem to find one, raise your hand. Am I the only one? Okay, no, 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 there are a couple. Okay, so one of the questions I have, why can't I lick my, lick my elbow? If any of you guys can put your tongue to your elbow, let me know, because it's incredibly hard, and I'd be impressed if you could do it. If you can do it, find me after, and I'll give you a cookie. I can't do it, I wanna know why. Another question I have, why is Iceland green, and why is Greenland ice? Some of you may know the answer, you know. Another question, anyone know how the internet works? No, it blows my mind that we have like over seven billion people in this world, and we can all be on the internet at the same time, and the thing doesn't crash. I, I don't know how all that works. Another, and you guys may think you know the answer to this, but I'm saying it's up for debate. Is G-I-F pronounced GIF or GIF? I don't know, I don't know. Like, I'm just telling you there are questions that I have in life that I would love answers to that I have yet to figure out. And I know you guys may have some of those too. But not only, like I know those are like fun questions to like throw out there, but also know that I have some more serious questions in my life as well that I would love answers to. And I think you guys may too. Like honestly, even, even as like someone who works in a church, I, there are times where I still have questions. And I question who God is. I have questions about God. I have questions about Christianity. I have questions about the Bible. 
I do. There are endless questions about God that I would love to know. And I bet that if you were honest with yourselves, I bet you have questions about God as well. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be in this series called Explained, really trying to take on some of these questions to really explain what the Bible's all about, why this matters, and how this is important for each and every one of us. But the reality is, is that I know for some of you guys, I know that having answers to the Bible isn't nearly as exciting as figuring out why you can't lick your, lick your elbow. Like, I know that. And honestly, that's sad, but my, it's my prayer that over the next couple of weeks is that that changes, that this Bible and this, this, this word comes alive to you guys. And these stories aren't just stories of people of ancient times, but that these people are practical people just like you and me who have a story of how God changed their life. I know for others of you guys, you guys will hear how I'm going to talk about the Bible and talk about how life-changing it really is. And you're going to be like, Chris, I, I, I've tried that. I've read the Bible. I've read some things. But like, didn't work for me. Like, I, I'm still arguing with my parents. I'm still like angry all the time. I'm still dealing with depression and anxiety. Like, I still have a date for homecoming. Like, if God was really a good God, that I would I have a date for homecoming. God, like, of all things, please, right? And you're like, exactly how is this thing going to change my life? I don't get it. There are questions that we have. And so that's why we're doing this series, is because it is important for you guys in middle school and high school to lay the groundwork to understand who God is, what, he has to, what God has to do with this book, and what we believe to be true. And so we're going to start with a very simple question tonight. But I think it's an essential question that we, each and every one of us have to answer. And this question is, what is the Bible? What is the Bible? I want you to think about that for a moment. What is the Bible? I want you to think about your own answer. Because there are many people who would say the Bible is just a bunch of words on a bunch of pages and a bunch of books all combined in one book. I mean, it's kind of right. Technically, that's true. But if that's your definition of the Bible, I, just want, you to say, I want you to know that it lacks, it, it is not complete, and it's a pretty weak definition. And so really, we're going to answer, what is the Bible? I want you guys to understand that it is a combination of history. It's a combination of history, of eyewitness accounts, of personal stories, of love letters, of songs, of journals, all of God's love for his people. That's what the Bible is. It is God's word given to men for us. That's what the Bible is consisted of. And so to believe it or not, this book right here is the best-selling book in world history. No other book even compares to the number of Bibles that have been sold since this time have been written. It's crazy, but it makes sense. And I don't want you guys just to take my word for it of what the Bible is. I want us to look at it together. So we're going to start in John chapter 1 tonight. So if you have your Bibles, flip over to John. It'll be up on the screen as well. But John chapter 1 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with, was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, so if we're really to ask this question, what is the Bible? And we look at this. Be already some of you may already be confused. It's like, what? That doesn't answer anything. It's just, a, it's just a, even more of a riddle. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You're like, who is this Word? What is this Word? Like, I'm done for the day. I'm going to put my Bible up and go home because I'm out of it. That doesn't make sense. Let's figure it out. See, in this reference, in the beginning, references the beginning of the Bible itself. See, Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
And so John is saying here, in the beginning was the word. So in the beginning, he's writing to a Jewish audience. And the context is key, and I don't mean to give you guys a history lesson, but you guys need to understand why John is writing the way he's writing. In the beginning, is doing is writing it because the Jews would know the Old Testament. The Jews would know that in the beginning meant God. And so that's exactly what John's doing here. He says, in the beginning was the word meaning God. And so if you were to read John 1.1 right here without the context of the Old Testament, you're just going to be like, what the heck? I don't get it. That's really confusing. That's why context is key. And so literally, this is important because God is making himself known to man through this word. And this word is who we're going to find to be Jesus. And so, guys, I just want you to know that if you have questions, I know you guys do, then to find those answers in his word because they're here. Those questions to your, those answers to your questions are here. And we're going to take a dive through that over the next couple of weeks. But it all starts with understanding Jesus. So we're going to continue in John chapter 1. It says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So once again, it's like, okay, that's a lot of words and a little bit of space, and it's really confusing, and I'm already tired of reading, and I'm going to shut my Bible and call it a day. That's how we tend to read the Bible sometimes. I remember being a middle schooler and high schooler. I remember reading this thing and just being so lost all the time, not knowing what to do, and so I would shut it. But really, if we have questions about life, let's figure it out. Just like you would any math problem or any science test or whatever you have, there are problems and questions that we have that we need answers to. So this is the answer. So what Paul is saying here, what John is saying, I'm sorry, is this. Is that he said, God has been around since the beginning of time. That he has created all things and nothing was made that was outside of his design. He literally created everything you see and touch and feel, and he did it all. But what John is specifically referencing here is this word, word. In the beginning was the word, and what that word is, is Jesus. He's saying, by doing this, Jesus has been with God since the beginning. In fact, he is what brings life and light into the darkness. And we know that this is Jesus because of what John, just a few verses later, literally all, it's all encompassing here. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and, he, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And this truth is Jesus. The whole point of the Bible is to point us towards Jesus. And so when we wonder why the Bible is a big deal, you're like, okay, I have a lot of questions, but like Jesus is not the answer to my question. I want you to think differently about your question. Because what we realize is that God created all things. God has a purpose for all things. And God doesn't create junk. He doesn't create things that are purposeless. He creates things that are purposeful. Every single one of you are purposeful. You have a purpose with your life, and it's by God's design. You're not junk. And so God has answers for the things that he creates. He has a purpose for the things that he creates. He's not meant, he's not, he didn't make you to be confused. So when you have questions, I want to encourage you guys to run to the Bible because this is what's true. And this is what we're, why we're in John chapter 1, because it's a foundation of who God is, where, like, why he's like, created what he created, and this is where we're going to move forward in. I know you have questions about life, about family, friends, relationships, all the above. And I want you guys to realize that this Bible and that God is not a genie. God, the Bible is not the bottle that you rub and say, hey, God, I need three wishes, right? And so, as we, and so as you ask these questions, I want you to think about this because it's not like, 
hey, God, should I wear my hair up or should I wear my hair down tomorrow? Let's open the Bible and see what it has to say. Like, that's not how this works. It's not, hey, God, what should I have for dinner tonight? And then you open the Bible and you see, oh, I'm going to eat a Levite. No, that's not, that's not how the Old Testament works. So, like, it's not just to pick a verse and that's what God means, like, wants me to read tonight. But there are answers, and these answers really deal with the questions of, of life and that, honestly, are incredibly controversial in society today. And so to really like, put this to the test, because I don't want to just stand up here and just say, hey, hey, Jesus is the answer to your life, and I believe that 100%, but I don't want to just leave you at that. I want to show you why that's the case. And so as I was thinking about questions, I don't know about you guys, but I, I didn't grow up, and I had some like, arguments with my parents. Middle school and high school, I fought with my parents a good bit. Some of you guys may be able to relate with me or not. And so as I was thinking about this, I was like, what does the Bible say about parenting? Does it say anything about parenting? And does it say anything about my response as a child to my parents? And this is what I found. So this is like a a random question that we have about God's intent for parenting. Check it out. Proverbs 22.6 says this, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he would not depart from it. You guys need to realize that your parents have a duty and a responsibility to train you guys up in the way of Christ, in the way of righteousness, in the way of truth. That way, when you are old, you won't leave. You won't say, hey, that's not for me. That's why many of you guys are here tonight, because your parents have said, hey, you're going to the harbor. Some of you guys may not want to be here tonight, but you're here. Because your parents have a responsibility to train you and to raise you guys in this life. Check out another verse. This is like Ephesians 6. Says, children, this is like our response to our parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Hey, children, we have a responsibility to obey our parents. Another verse that spoke out to this said, Proverbs 23, listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she's old. I know we may not like to hear that sometimes. Like, sometimes we really don't like our parents. But hey, God has put them over you to be not only an influence, but to lead you and guide you into righteousness. And so we're to listen to our fathers. And we're not to just say, hey, you know, and their parents are getting really old and they're on canes and they're crunching around. Like, we have to take them to the bathroom and clean up after them. Like, we're not to despise them. We're to take care of them. We're We're to protect them. Question number two. Super pertinent to where you guys are at in just any everyday life. Is it okay for Christians to date or marry non-Christians? Super controversial in today's age. This is what the Bible has to say about this. 2 Corinthians 6, don't become partners with those, I don't know if I have, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not a partnership, that's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are. Each of us is a temple in whom God lives. The issue with dating and marrying people who aren't in the same beliefs as you, especially as Christians, is that you will not agree on a way of life. You will disagree if you end up marrying and having kids. You will disagree on how you will raise your children. You won't have the same morals or values in which you will go about living your lives together. And so ultimately, you end up being at odds with one another. That's the big deal about dating and marrying non-Christian people, like people who, who the, if you are the Christian, dating someone who doesn't agree with your faith and your beliefs and who God is. Question number three, and these are just basic, I mean, we can go on and on and on all night about questions that we have, but this one is super controversial in today's society. Why are Christians against abortion? Isn't it my body, my right, I can do whatever I want with it? 
This is what the Bible has to say, guys. Hey, you shall not murder. Exodus 20.13. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. God has a very specific purpose and plan for every life under the sun, even before birth itself. God formed you. Proverbs 6. And there are six things, that, and I won't read the entire verse here, but the, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Another verse, Psalm 139. For you formed my inward parts. Talking about God. So God formed your inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Like sometimes we think about the Bible as like just having an opinion on super spiritual things. And in all reality, no, this, this Bible and God's word has a, is, a, is purposeful for a way of life, for all of life, for all because God created you and he cares about you and he has a way to guide you into a life of fullness and of richness and of holiness. Society tells us a lot of things about the question and it tells us where to go and find answers that are not true to what we know about Christ. And if the whole purpose of the Bible is to point us towards Christ, then we need to understand that that's going to be, it's going to ruffle some feathers. It's going to be controversial. There's a purpose and a plan for each and every one of you in the way that God intends you to live your life. And there are answers to your questions. And so as you guys continue to walk with your, in, in your relationship with Christ, as you dive into trying to figure out answers to the questions that you have, I've got three questions I want to encourage you guys to ask. I have three questions that I want you guys to take note of. If you've got if you're pen or paper, write it down. I want you to pull out your phone and take notes of these three questions because if you have questions that you're asking God to answer and you're spending time in his word, then I think that these are three questions that I think are essential for you to really hear from the Lord. This is question number one. What does this teach me about God? So as you are reading the Bible, as you're reading your passages, as you're reading scripture itself, instead of just reading it for being words on a page, ask yourself once you're done, what does this teach me about God? Because as you read this book, what I've realized is that Jesus cares a lot about God, loving God, and loving others. You will see that from one cover to the next. And so what does that, so I ask myself, what does that say about God? Well, it teaches me that he cares about love. And so knowing that, and does, that, does anything need to change in the way that I view God? Well, yeah, then I need, to be, I need to view God in a way of being a loving father. Question number two. So not only does, what does this teach me about God, but what does this teach me about me? As you're reading this passage of scripture, whatever it may be, what does this passage of scripture teach me about God and what does it teach me about me? Because knowing what I just learned about God by answering the last question, what is it that I need to learn about myself? In this case, it teaches me that I need to love God and love my neighbors. It's a package deal. It's not that you can love God, but then hate people. It's not that you can love people and love them well, but not love them the way that God intended, the way God loves them. It's a package deal. And so if this is what Jesus cares about, it's what you care about. So what does this teach me about God? What does this teach me about me? And this is the last question right here. What does this teach me about how I need to live or treat others? What does this teach me, teach me about how I need to love or treat others, live or treat others? 
Because we, honestly, like, we might be an experts at reading passages of scripture and be like, oh my gosh, this is the most inspiring thing I've ever read in my life. But you have no earthly idea how to apply that to your everyday. It is just a quick fix to an emotional like, feeling that you may have in the moment where you're like, this is exactly what I needed for today. But really, without the full understanding of how that applies to your everyday life, then you miss out. You shortchange God's purpose and meaning for your life beyond that moment. So guys, I know we have questions, and tonight is just a foundation. We're going to build on this topic over the next couple of weeks, looking at where are the answers. And I really want you guys to realize that this, that this book isn't just a bunch of ancient words on a boring page. That really, this book is, is the source of truth and a source of life. And I promise you that if you invest your time and energy into knowing what it says, into learning what God, and, and like, what God has to say, and you will find an abundance of truth and answers and joy that you won't find anywhere else. The world tells us you know, there are answers in a lot of different places. Tells us there are answers at the bottoms of bottles. Tells us there are answers at the tips of needles. It tells us there are answers in relationships. And if you go digging, if you go finding that to be the case, you will be left empty over and over and over again, asking yourself, what have I done? How did I get here? Where am I going? And I promise you that if you find time and make time to actually read and study what is in this book, and you will find a life that you can't find anywhere else because it is God transforming your heart. So I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to small groups. But I want you guys to talk about this. I want you guys to talk about the questions that you have in life, and you're like, you know what? I've had this question. I don't get it. I don't understand like, what the Bible has to do with any of this. And so we're going to talk about this. But ultimately, guys, I want you to realize that the more you study this book, the more you will learn the heart of Christ and his heart for you. Father God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for the truth of your word and understanding that you do have answers for us, that you do intend for us to have a life that is full and, 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 of, and of great joy. God, we give that to you. And I just pray for these students as they battle every day, they battle school and relationships and, and family and drama and just everyday life of the, of the craziness that, and the chaos that life can bring. God, we just pray that we would turn to you for answers. And we give you our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.